Eve. And you hear the story of Christmas year in, year out. And after a while, you just kind of get used to the story. But today I want to tell you some things from the Christmas story that uh, Pastor Shelley just read that you may not have thought of before. So we're going to talk about the significance of Christmas to a believer. And I'm going to take it in two different directions. The first one is the prophetic significance of Christmas to you and to me. And then the second one is the instructive there are instructions from the story of Christmas or from the season of Christmas. But first of all, I want to say something that happened as I was preparing my message. I write out my messages. I do like write it all out. Then I retype it so I make sure I get all the points in my head. And so I use a lot of abbreviations. And as I was writing, I did Christmas as, what do you all think I did? Xmas and the Holy Spirit gave me a really bad punch, I can tell you. <laughs> it says you are going to tell people that Jesus is the reason for the season. And here you are, you are exiting Jesus out of Christmas. And so for all of us, when you send a card to anyone, make sure you get a card that says Merry Christmas. Not happy holidays, not season's greetings, because it's all about Jesus. I'm going to, when I, as I go into the message, I'll come up with a scripture that says that everything consists about Jesus. Everything revolves about him. Your birthday is measured from the time he was, uh, he was born or from the time he died. Everything in history is either before Christ, or after Christ. So even if you ask him out and you say happy holidays, seasons, greetings, your whole life, your breath is Yahweh. Your birthday revolves around the birth of Jesus. Every event in history is measured around Jesus. He is the reason for the season. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So what is the prophetic significance of Christmas? As uh, Shelley was reading the story, you probably noticed that the Bible says that all of a sudden, angels started showing up. Before the, 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 the New Testament, between Malachi and the New Testament, there was a silence of over 400 years where there was no single word from God. Where God didn't send angels, where there was no manifestation, where there was total silence. And all of a sudden, there were manifestations all over the place. Angels were appearing, appeared to, uh, 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 what's his name, Zacharias, to Elizabeth, that they were going to have a baby. Angels appeared to Mary, a virgin. That she was going to have a baby. Angels appeared to the shepherds. So many, so many supernatural manifestations. Let me read a scripture here. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. It says, but when the fullness of the time had come. The fullness of the time had come. That was when God sent his son, born of a woman under the law. To redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. But the key thing I want you to notice is that it was when the fullness 
of the time had come. So what does that relate to us? That some of you here, you have had a period in your life that God had been silent. And it's been probably a while. You've not heard anything. You've not seen anything. You're praying. And you're wondering, why is God silent? I said a few weeks ago here that the silence of God is never the absence of God. That sometimes when it seems like God is silent, that's actually when he's doing the greatest work. We see it here in the Christmas story. When he was the most, the, the longest time he was serious was when he was preparing the greatest gift for man. So never think again that the absence of God means that God, or the silence of God means that God is absent in your life. There were supernatural manifestations. We have said that 2024 is going to be a year of supernatural manifestations. And this is again a confirmation of that. That God is going to be doing some amazing things in your life. You heard the testimony. God has promised me that this year coming 2024 is a year of rest for every one of us. It's a year you don't have to... It's going to just keep coming one after the other. And you have, as you have tried to grab one of it and get used to that one manifestation, another one is going to come. So you need to get ready. And one thing is once it comes, make sure you did what Sister Grace did. We want to know about it. We want to also listen to you as God begins to manifest all those things that you have believed God for. The things that the enemy has told you God has forgotten you. You are going to see the manifestation of them in 2024. Amen? Amen. The second thing was supernatural positioning. God, you could see God was positioning things and positioning people. When Augustus Caesar gave the decree that everyone should go to his hometown to be registered, he did not know he was fulfilling a prophecy in Micah. To Mary and Joseph, it was inconvenient. Can you imagine a woman who is maybe eight months pregnant, being told she's not going to be in a car that's air-conditioned. She's going to be the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, to Judea, was not a small, it was not a very comfortable journey. It was pretty hilly. And she probably had to be on top of a coat. And you know how bumpy that ride would be. So it wasn't a fun thing for her. It was very inconvenient. But God was positioning things to make sure the prophecy of where Jesus would be born was fulfilled. Listen to this scripture in Micah chapter two, verse, uh, verse chapter five, verse two. It says, "O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you are but a small Judean village." Yet you will be the birthplace of my king who is alive from everlasting ages past. I kind of went back and looked. This prophecy was given almost 900 years before Jesus was born. If anyone tells you that God is not real, either the person is crazy or you that believe them is crazy as well. Because you see things in scripture, I told you at one time here, there are over 300 prophecies 
regarding the birthplace of Jesus, the person of Jesus, the life of Jesus, what he com- what he's coming to do, and not one of those 300, over 300 prophecies were not fulfilled by Jesus, one man. He fulfilled every single prophecy that was told about him. So what am I saying? That God supernaturally positioned things so that the prophecy concerning Jesus will come to pass. What are you going through in your life right now that is so inconveniencing? What are you experiencing now that to you, God has turned your life over? It's inconveniencing, it is hard, it is difficult, just like Mary had to go pregnant on top of a coat down to go to Bethlehem. To give a birth, she didn't expect, she didn't want that. Most likely, I don't know if she knew about this scripture that she was fulfilling scripture and prophecy. So what am I saying to you people? I'm saying that whatever inconvenience you might be going through right now, whatever God is doing in your life now that you don't understand, could you just hold on? Could you understand that the Bible is telling us that God is arranging and positioning things for your own good? Because the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11 says, He knows the thoughts and plans He has for you. That's what he, he has plans for every one of you looking at me. He has purposes for every one of you looking at me. And sometimes He has to rearrange things. He has to reposition things. Because we get out of line. He says for you to follow the narrow road and sometimes we decide to go to the broad road. And so God is going to get you back to that narrow road. But he's not punishing you. He's not denying you. He's positioning you for purpose. So that those plans and those purposes he has for your life, just like he did with Jesus, will come to pass. Amen? So never, 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 when things are not going right, it's not the time to pull away from God. I have noticed that Christians, when things are going bad, we complain, God has forgotten me. And then we sit at home, we don't go to church. We murmur. Actually, that is the time you should be praising God. That is the time you should draw close to Him because that's when He's probably doing the greatest thing in your life. When David faced Goliath, he didn't realize that great Goliath was the beginning of his rise. Whatever it is that God is doing now, I believe He's positioning you for great things. Amen? Amen. Supernatural positions. He positioned Joseph. He positioned the wise men. Those ones probably didn't know why they saw a star and decided to follow a star for two years. You read that story and you think they said three wise men. The Bible never said three wise men. It just says the wise men. But because it was frankincense, man, and God, everyone thinks it's three people. But the Bible never said three men. But they followed the star from the east, and it took them approximately two years. They were probably wondering what they are doing. But God's hand was behind the scenes, moving them. And before they knew it, they were before Jesus to worship him with gifts. So remember that, that God is always in charge. He's always behind the scene. If you are his child... All things will work together for your good. Amen? Amen. The third thing is supernatural pregnancies. We see two women here. Very opposite. Different, different things happening to them. There was one. 
serving the Lord faithfully herself and her husband. Her husband was the pastor actually, was the priest of the, of the temple. For years and years and years they had praised, prayed and asked God for a child. And they never got a child. And then there was Mary on the other hand who had not known a man. She's young, she's betrothed, engaged, but never known a man. She wasn't praying for a child. But God also gave her a supernatural pregnancy. So whatever it is, the spectrum, God is making us realize that it's a wide spectrum. There might be some of us here, you ask God, it could be physical pregnancy, but most likely you're asking God for something. You're asking God for a manifestation of something. Get ready for that pregnancy. 2024, we are going to see multiple pregnancies in this place. Both physical (laughs) and spiritual in the name of Jesus. Mary didn't ask for it, and God blessed her with a supernatural pregnancy. Those of you young ones, God is going to do manifestations for you as well. It's not just us, the older ones. If it's in school, you're having trouble, being bullied, having issues with emotional distress, get ready to be free from all of that in 2024. And God is going to not only bless you with peace of mind, God is going to give you direction. And God is going to use you to start reaching out to your classmates in school. That's the pregnancy God is going to do. God is going to use you to bring souls. He will sow a seed in you, a seed of greatness. A seed that will set you apart from the other kids. I know how hard it is for you all in school. I've talked to some of you. But one thing I want you to know, you are not here by mistake. God has chosen you and translated you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. You are different. And because you are different, the enemy knows that and he wants to make you feel like you don't belong. He wants to make you feel like you're not good enough. He's a liar. That's what he does. And so in 2024, get ready to really show the world that God put something in you different. You are going to be the one reaching out to your classmates. Those that bully you, you are going to pray for them. And you are going to see God change their heart. You are going to see manifestations. Even just like Mary who didn't ask for anything. She was just busy serving the Lord, but God visited her. And for us, the older ones here, you've asked God for a pregnancy, a child. Or you've asked God for something, not even physical pregnancy. There's something you have been believing God for. Some of us here, as I'm looking at different faces. Some of us here have prodigal children we're asking God to bring home. We have said this year, 2024, that we're going into. All our children will serve the Lord with us. The Bible has promised us that we will be saved and our household as well. We will not serve God and our children will be lost. We will not be in heaven and God forbid that our children will be in hell. We are going to get our children home. And if it takes waking up at midnight to pray, we will pray. If it is taking Sunday nights to join and pray, we will pray. We are going to do our part because we know once we hold God on to his word, once we hold on to the horns of the altar, once we tell God, God, we want our children saved and serving you like we are doing, God says his ears are open to hear us. And he answers our prayers. Amen. Supernatural pregnancies. Supernatural pregnancies. Luke chapter 1 verse 13 says, But the angel said to him, to Zechariah, says, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Say, don't be afraid anymore. Don't fear whatever the devil tells you. 
that you are going to die without that thing ever coming to pass. Don't fear. Don't fear. He said, your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. And you remember I keep saying that John, the Bible says, John was sent by God. That scripture has turned my, it turned me around for a few months. There was a man sent by God and his name was John. That one sentence tells you that it took God time to speak into John what he was going to be. Could that be why it took so long for Elizabeth and Zachariah to have John? John was going to be the forerunner of Jesus. He was going to be the one to announce Jesus. He was going to be the one to tell the people this is the Messiah. And yet, see how long it took for his parents to be able to bear him. Sometimes the greatest gift that God wants to give you comes after you've gone through hell. Your greatest growth spiritually usually comes after you've gone through hell. So never think ease. When we think about blessing, don't ever think of ease. That is not what blessing is about. That's part of it. But blessing, a blessed man, a blessed woman is one who is walking in the purposes of God. Like John, and the Bible says, and he was sent by God. Making sure that I am doing what I was sent here to do. That is blessing. That is blessing. Making sure your life counts. Making sure your life is bringing people. God is not going to bless you to have millions of, of dollars to build a house, to have cars and to show off. That's just consuming the lust of the flesh. Blessing must always be tied to kingdom work. And that's what God was doing in these two women. Making sure he gave them supernatural seed to make sure that Jesus was announced and giving the other one the seed that would be the savior of the world. Amen? And then in Luke chapter 1 verse 30 and 31, the angel said to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Favor at 16 pregnant and telling people, I don't know how I got pregnant. That is considered favor. But think about it. That's why we all must realize that God's ways are not our ways. If we expect God to do things the way we do things, we always get confused. Like I say, you go to Walgreens, buy all the Tylenol, buy all the ibuprofen, and yet you have a headache trying to figure God out. Because the ways of God are so much higher than our ways. He calls the woman favored and he's going to make her pregnant. She's engaged, never had, never been with a man. Do you know the talk that was about town about Mary? Even Joseph wanted to let her go. It's like, no, this is too shameful. It was an angel again that came and said, just calm down. This is of God. But you, can you imagine the, the shame that girl carried for the month she was pregnant? Oh, and I mean, those days, you can't even, that, that, is, that is enough to even stone and kill her. And yet God called that favor. So could it be, could it be, again, spiritually, what you're thinking right now is the end of things for you. Could that be a favor God is actually doing you? Could that be? That's how I want us to start thinking. Don't always see every negative thing as the thing and occurrence of the devil. Some things could actually be God rearranging your life. Some things could actually be God showing you favor. 
And that you are going to go back and look. How many things, all of you here, if I say look back five, six, seven, eight years ago, there are some things that then you thought God hated you. You thought everything was crashing. You thought this is so evil and you rebuke the enemy, rebuke Satan. Now, you can see it was God that was doing something. Amen? Supernatural pregnancies. Amen? And then number four, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, He said, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to some people. Is that what it says? To all people. Great joy to all people. It says, why? Because for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, great joy. Maybe you'll be hearing news, bad news all throughout 2023. One bad thing after the other. You're trying to finish this one, another one comes. One bad event after another. Your marriage is going downhill, you don't know what to do, you've done everything. Your children are going crazy, your marriage, everything, your job, your finances, whatever it is has not been good. Some of us have had good years, it was good. But there are a lot of us that know too that 2023 was just not a year of good. But the Bible says from now on is good news for you. It says that good news will bring great joy to you. And that joy is not to some people, it's not for only pastors and the pastors of the church or whatever, it's for all. Are you ready to get that joy? Because the Bible says it that it is with joy that we draw from the wells of salvation. It says you reap in joy. He didn't say you reap with joy. You have to be in joy. You have to be joyful for you to reap all the things that God has for you. So Christmas, this season is going to change your lamenting. This season is going to change the tears. It's time to laugh. It's time to be happy. It's time to be above. We don't always have to be under. The Bible says God gave Solomon rest all around him. And I told God, I said, give the Ark Fellowship rest all around us. It's not time. We're not going to fight next year. When the devil comes, just seeing us, he will run by himself. So we don't even have to. I mean, we don't even have to. It's not even an issue. But the manifestations will be upon manifestations upon manifestations. We are going to see God do some great things in 2024. Amen. So that's about the prophetic things that we take from that story. Now let's look at the instructive things that God has for us. The first thing is this. Christmas reminds us that Jesus is the controlling force of the universe. I kind of referred to this a little while ago. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, it says, For by him all things were created, by him, and that's Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, He says, all things were created through him and for him. And verse 17 says, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. 
goes back to what I was saying. Everything is A.D. or B.C. and A.D. Everything in history. Everything. When you talk about Jerusalem, when Jerusalem was destroyed and the, the temple was burned down, it's 500 B.C., before Christ. If you measure your age, you were born in 1990, it's 1990 A.D. A.D. stands for Anno Domino, which is the year of the Lord. The year Jesus was born. So everything, the year Jesus died, everything in life, this scripture says fulfilled. It says before him all things, and in him all things consist. Amen? Amen. He's before all things, he's after all things. The Bible says he's alpha, he's omega, he's the middle, he's the beginning, he's the end. And so you cannot afford not to know him. So if you are here today, you know that you don't know Jesus, today is your day. Today is your day to find yourself in him. Amen? Amen. Then number two says, Christmas reminds us that Jesus is the light of the world. Matthew chapter 4 verse 16, it says, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. John chapter 8 verse 12, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Listen to that. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. If you are following Christ, no darkness should be around you or near you or in you. When you are around people this Christmas period, don't be a secret Christian. Let everybody know you believe Jesus. Provide your food in Jesus' name. Amen. This is not the time to be a secret Christian. Everybody is coming out of the closet. But when we are around family, we want to tune everything down. Meanwhile, they are crying out for help inside and we don't know it. When you are around family this time, let them know if you can speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Don't hide who you are. Because the Bible has made it clear now that you are the light. He says you are the light and he says the light that is lit cannot be hidden. You can't light a light and put it under your bed. You put it in a place where everybody can see it and where it can give light to everybody. So you be that in your family. You be that in your job. As you are having your employee Christmas parties, before they eat, say, everybody, let's pray before we eat. As you are having your Christmas meetings, let's pray before we have this meeting. You have to be the light in every place you go. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He says, Jesus is the light of the world. Light stands for illumination. Light stands for knowledge. Light stands for direction. That is what as a Christian we should be. We should have knowledge of God. And the knowledge of God, the illumination of God, you can only find it here. And so as you begin at your life, 2024, we are, we've always, always been, this church is a Bible reading world, a church. Everything is from here. Let your life be from here. Every decision you make, let it be from here. Everything you do, let it be from here. 
If your, your wife treating your husband, find out what the Bible says a wife should be. Husband, how do, do I treat my wife? Find, go to the Bible and see what Ephesians, Ephesians say that a, a husband should be. Children, go to the Bible and see what the Bible says children should be. Parents, go to the Bible and see what the Bible says we should be. Everything is in the Bible. We have to show the light. We have to mirror the light of Jesus. That's why he came. To give us light, to give us illumination, to model to us how a Christian should live, to model to us what a believer should be like, to model to us. Everybody knew Jesus was different. Jesus didn't just go into the crowd and become one of them. He always stood out. He was always outstanding. That's what we should be. We must not just melt in the crowd to be accepted. God forbid. You are no longer, you are peculiar, the Bible says. You are a strange person. That's what it means. You are peculiar. You are weird. Yes. Yes. Don't try to be... You know, that's what's wrong with us. The gays are coming out. Everybody's coming out. And then we're trying to merge and trying to just be... No. I want you to know I'm a Christian. I want you to know that I love God. I want you to know that I serve God. I want you to know that I, I speak in tongues. I want you to know that I live. Everything about me is about God. That's the only way you're going to come to me when you have issues. If I'm like you, what's the difference? If I'm as miserable and as, 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 as whatever, as they are, what's the difference? God has made us the light. Jesus came as the light to show us how to be light. Take that light into your world and change your world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. In Ephesians 5 8 it says, For you were once darkness. He did say you were in darkness. Read it. You were once darkness. Do you know what it means to be dark? He didn't say you were in darkness. It means everything about you was dark. If you're in darkness, God can, you can say, okay, I've been in darkness, I'm tired of it, I'm going to go to the light. No, you couldn't even go to the light because everything about you consisted of darkness. And so God took you out of that and translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. And you dare go back to that. It's like a dog going back to his, his vomit. That's not who we are. Hallelujah. Number three. Christmas reminds us of the love of the Father. John 3.16, we all know that verse. It says, for God's soul, that's the key word, soul. Could have said, God, you know, I love the Bible. The Bible is, is very careful to be very distinct when it's using words. He could have just said, for God loved the world. But he wanted you to know that God's soul loved the world. It was such a love that was, that soul has so many implications, unconditional undeserving. If you look at that word so alone, do a study on just that word so. And you will see what God did for us. He says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what God desires for every one of us. To have a life that is everlasting. A life that reflects him. And so what is our response to that? What is the instruction from that? That the way God loves us is the same way we should love people. It's the same way we should love people. People will hurt you. People will do things that will just want to make you 
go under the blanket or take, you know, people will hurt you. People are wicked. There are people out there. The Bible says it. It says the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? But you are not supposed to be like that. The Bible says in you is the love of God shared abroad in your heart. The love of God has been shared abroad in your heart. That means your heart, the whole thing in you now is just light and love. And so when people, the Bible says, when they strike you on the cheek, give them the second one. It says, by this they will know you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So if they want to take advantage of you, it's okay. I'm not saying be a doormat, but show love to people. Especially those who have dug you out. Especially those who have done wrong to you. This is the time to, to do that. Send them a card. Or call them on the phone and say, I just want to wish you a happy, merry, merry Christmas. I hope you are doing well. That will make them think for the next month because they know what they did to you. And that's the way we are going to reach them. If they are acting all of that and you are acting all of that, then who is the one that is the Christian? Pray for them. The Bible says pray for those who despitefully use you. Despitefully means they did it on purpose to spite you. But the Bible says pray for them. He says, love them, even those that hate you. Love them. Pray for their good. Pray for their family. Pray for their children. Pray for their success. Pray for everything that concerns them to be good. Even if it's that ex-husband who was so crazy. Pray for him. Or even if it's that ex-wife who dogged you. Pray for her. You know what the good thing is? In Job, the Bible says, Job went through so much. But Job was complaining. One day he finally learned his lesson. He started to pray for his enemies. He started to pray for his friends. The Bible says when Job began to pray for his friends, God turned his situation around. So could it be your situation is just waiting for you to pray for that one person? Is that one person really worth all the things God wants to do for you? Even if you have to start with grinding your teeth, God bless you. Believe me, eventually God will release you. I know what I'm, I've been there. I never tell you what I've not been through. There are some people, before I pray for them, I curse them out first. And then I tell God to forgive me, and I tell God to bless them. But I'm, I mean, David told God to break somebody's teeth. Go read the Bible, right? He told God to go break their teeth. The day I read that, I said, oh, so I can tell God to break their teeth too. <laughs> After all, David is where Jesus came from. So if I, did, if I do it, I'm just copying David. You know, so those, that's just life. Because when they do things to hurt you, it's not, it's not fun. People despite, you despitefully use you. So curse them out first and then reverse the curse and bless them. <laughs> Amen? Number four. God reminds us that we are chosen and holy. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, it says, but you are a chosen generation. I did a whole sermon, I think two weeks on what it means to be chosen. What it means to be chosen. Even if people don't choose you, even if people say you don't fit in, God has chosen you. Lennox, God chose you. You are special. Okay? You are special. God knows why he, he brought you handsome young man to your mom and your dad. 
We're going to do some great things. So don't let anybody tell you, you are, they don't know what they are saying. You are special. Amen? God chose every one of us. God called us by name. And when we came here, he has plans and he has purposes for us. What I will do, you cannot do for him. What you will do, I will never do it. So find that place you are chosen. Amen? He says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. A holy nation. His own special people. And why is he taking this time to choose you, to make you royalty, to make you holy, to make you special? He says the only reason is that you may proclaim the praises of him. And realize that he did all of that to call you out of darkness into his light. So if he did all of that just to make you come out of darkness, why are we going to go back looking at pornography? Why are we going to go back look, doing, lie, lying and, and doing crazy stuff? Why are we going to go back cheating when God has called you out of that and set you apart for himself? Why? So let Christmas remind you of that, that you are chosen, you are special, you are royal. God has a special thing for your life. He's called you out. Shine like the light that you are. Psalm 1 verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of discomfort. Don't walk, don't stand, don't sit. That's just as simple as that. If the ungodly is around you, keep, keep moving. You're not supposed to be standing with them. And in their bad course jokes, you're not supposed to be walking with them as your best friend. And you're not supposed to be sitting having dinner or lunch with them when they are saying all their crazy stuff. The Bible says this here, don't walk with them, don't stand with them, don't sit with them. Simple. You're different. You're different. So don't... When, when, when they, let me read this. Genesis chapter... Why is God telling us that? Genesis chapter 13, and I'm almost done. Genesis chapter 13, verses 12 to 13. Why God is telling you not to stand, don't stand, don't walk, don't stand, don't sit. He says, Abraham settled in the land of Canaan. Genesis chapter, okay, Genesis chapter 13, 12 to 13. Abraham settled in the land of Canaan. He decided to stay. Canaan was where the presence of God was. But look at what Lot did. Lot settled near the cities of the valleys. And what did he do? Everybody read that. Isn't that what some of us do? You know what? I'll just do that thing. Very, I'm just, I'll just drink a little bit. But where, where, where does that little end? Oh, you know what? It's not a bad thing to wear stuff that my boobs are spilling, spilling out. Everybody's wearing it. It's, it's the fashion. Oh, I wear stuff that I see some... I'm like, are you serious? And they actually think this is fashion? You wear something all the way here and you think that is fashion? You're pitching your tent near Sodom. When Abraham came back for, for Lot, guess what? He was in the middle of Sodom. He was no longer just pitching his tent near there. He was in the very heart of Sodom. To the point that the, his visitors, the men, if, if he wasn't friends with them, they wouldn't dare come to his house and say, bring out your visitors, let's know him carnally. 
And stupid man is telling them, don't worry, I'll give you my virgin daughters. That tells you how messed up his mind was. Because of this, he pitched his tent close to Sodom. You make sure your tent is not close to Sodom. You are separate. You are holy. You are consecrated unto God. 2024, we are going to see some amazing things. But what is our path? What is the thing that we will do? That's where I'm going to continue from my Camorra's sermon. Because we have our own part to do too. If God is going to do some great things, God is not going to bless you for you to go and live in sin. God is not going to bless you for you to abuse your wife and family. God is not going to bless you for you to be mean. God is not going to bless you for you to consume in on your loss. What is our part? That's what we are going to talk about next week. Amen? Stand to your feet. Let's, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. That testimony of Sister Grace just blessed my socks off. You mean? And ladies, every Sunday at 9 o'clock, we pray for our children that are prodigals. Miss Teresa is leading that. And then every Monday, even tomorrow, Christmas Day at midnight, we are praying. All those that pray with me at midnight, if you want to join, call me and I'll give you the link. We are going to keep holding on to the horns of the altar until our children all come in. Amen? So please be aware of that. Men, I know you are praying. There are men praying here every morning. Every day of the week, there are people, men here, women here praying in the church. This church is a church that prays. So please make sure next year you... Two things next year. Prayer, three things. Prayer, the word of God. And being in church, especially Sunday school and Wednesday services. I'm telling you what we are learning in Wednesday services, Pastor Roy. And what we are learning in Sunday school and Wednesday services. If you come to church and think, just hearing me, Pastor Angela, for one, I only, I'm only up here for 45 minutes. That is not enough for you to be the kind of Christian God wants you to be. You need to stay in the word of God. We are going to do another thing. I did it with the ladies. We are going to do it again twice or three times next year. How to study the Bible. How to use commentaries. How to, to take a word and do a word study. We are going to teach you if you how to do these things. I'm going to teach you how to pray. The, 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 the fasting guide I'm doing, I'm doing it a little different this year. We are going to do the day, we'll do a little devotional, and then you are going to have your prayer, but you are going to have your declarations. Because the Bible says what you say is what you are going to have. So you are going to be making a lot of declarations in 2024. Get ready, because we are going to have some things manifest. I'm telling I see it already, I'm pregnant in the spirit. I'm just waiting for it to start manifesting, amen? Raise your hands with me this morning. Ah, oh, God, we thank you.